0: Welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll find that a lot of us disagree with each other. I'm sure between the three of us, we would pick ten topics and we'd all have different opinions on them and so it's good we're not the, the point of the school is not telling you um, expressly like this is the only way you can believe or this is the only thing you can think like we, we want you to be engaged with it to challenge yourself and you, you will find that there's things that we agree on and hopefully you would agree with us as well but if you don't again it's not the end of the world but, so if you go oh, I didn't like when John said this that's okay like it's really okay it's really okay if you say Phil I didn't agree with you on this as well like, like that we want that okay so by all means you can allow your questions to not just be well i like what you say with this you know you can say i don't like it Um, why is it that way or why do you see it so yeah and and we can answer questions on anything i don't know if we'll have satisfactory answers Um, yeah feel free to ask questions about anything you want
1: Talked about uh, forgiveness mm-hmm. last week, and it was about uh, that we are the forgiveness, and we, yeah, we should live it. And but we are also God's forgiveness, and it's uh, in the Bible that uh, it's written that if you forgive somebody, it is forgiven to him, and if not, it's not forgiven. And I'm sure how to handle with this topic because it's difficult for me so what is the meaning if if I don't forgive somebody and he's not forgiven but God is always forgiving forgives us always so it's
0: just you know what my problem is <laughs> yeah do you guys have any thoughts on that, what is that?
1: She's had to do it all, but she just teaches it to her.
2: Yeah. I think that particular verse just shows like the authority that we have as Christians, you know, like when it says that, that we are christ-like and we have the ability to speak life and forgiveness over people so that they I don't know, we have authority in, in what we speak. How we speak, and so we can change atmospheres over people. We can change people, help people to sort of like step into freedom and life by what we speak over them. And I, 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 I see that that statement in, in as a flip, rather than focusing on, oh gosh, if I don't forgive, then they're not going to be forgiven. It's more saying, look at the authority that you do have. Look at what God has given you as his son the ability to speak freedom and life over someone um, and that as you speak that freedom and life over them that, that opens up and changes the atmosphere around them so that they will find it a lot easier to step into freedom themselves and I think that's that's really where that verse is coming from, it's, it's giving us permission to to sh- shift the atmosphere of a people's lives and helping them in, step into freedom themselves, freedom and forgiveness.
1: It, it's a bit well. tricky. It's after it's it's Matthew six, so it's after the Lord's prayer, and it says, "For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you."
2: Of oh, the you bit, okay. But
1: if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. It is tricky, that. If that's how we. Right.
2: That's not the verse we're talking about, though, is
1: it? That's not what you're talking about. Oh, sorry, I've given you another one. <laughs> <Right.
0: laughs> that's complicated forgiveness yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which one are
2: you talking about? I'm not sure. There's there's a verse where it says you have the power to forgive yeah. others. Okay. Yeah. The, if you forgive others, sins. will be forgiven. Yeah. 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 I can't remember the reference. Do I can't you remember know the either. reference?
0: Yeah, no. But it's also in there that if you're not forgiven, it's not forgiven. Yeah. But I think so let me let me throw in um maybe pepper some things around what paul is saying as well in that um so in ephesians paul says forgive others because they have already been forgiven you know forgive because i have forgiven them Um, and so there's this element of um when we choose to forgive we represent the gospel when we choose not to forgive we're not representing the gospel and i think If you think of um, the woman caught in adultery, what happened? He says, everyone here who is without sin, you cast a stone, and everyone has to leave, don't they? And then when he says to the woman, he says, where are your accusers? And she's like, well, they've all gone. And he's like, I don't accuse you either. And there was a thing of, sometimes we can't receive God's forgiveness if his ambassadors can't even forgive us. Does that make sense? Like if, if his representatives can't forgive us, how are we ever going to listen to what God says and so there's an element of if we forgive others we we take away any issue between us in relationship and we're free to suddenly see okay what is God saying to me and it's I've forgiven you already I forgave you at the cross and um, but if we don't forgive people we put a stumbling block in the way so that I can't even see I'm forgiven by God because his his representative on earth the, this Christian isn't even going to forgive me. And so I think uh, it, when I look at that verse, I see this opportunity to demonstrate forgiveness that is theirs, that, that God has forgiven them. So I get this freedom, this, this amazing ability to, um, to, to change the atmosphere, to say, well, you might not know that you're forgiven by God, but you've screwed up and hurt me, and I forgive you. And that creates room for them to realize, wow, I'm forgiven. And whereas if I'm not going to forgive you, there's, there's issues and there's, there's stuff in the way for me to realize I'm forgiven. And so I think it's, it's, an, it's another way that we release the power of the gospel is in forgiveness. Um, it, it's very hard for us to have concepts of God that we don't build through a concept of others. Um, so much of our theology about what God is like is based on what other people are like. So John talked about that in the first week. How you think of God as father is probably linked a little bit to how you see your own father. Or at at best, how you saw someone with a really good father. You might go, well my father wasn't that great, but that guy's father was amazing. Maybe God's like his father. And so we often tie in what we think God is like to a tangible, real relationship. And so there's a reality that many people will assume God is like his followers, which you would think would be a safe thing until you meet some of his followers. And so you meet Christians and you go, I really hope he's not like them. <laughs> but that, that is the point, right? And so um, many people thought God was like the followers of, that were wanting to stone the woman in adultery. But actually, he wasn't like that at all. And it was only when they left that the woman was left to realize, wow, God doesn't condemn me either. Does that make sense? That, so that's how I would read a passage like that. I, I look at it as we're, we're releasing something that is already a reality. You are forgiven. Um, the cross takes away the sins of the world You know, the whole cosmos is reconciled to, to God and so I don't think the issue is with God and man and I don't think it shifts whether God forgives or not although that's an interesting passage <laughs> but I think we um, we get to create a whole lot of confusion around the topic or we get to release uh, clarity around the topic and that's what our choice in forgiving others looks like
1: I think we'll do different Bible study techniques and different ways of, I don't want to say interpreting the Bible, but different ways of understanding. But I think even, even the, the Gospels, even what Jesus said, you still have to look at who was he talking to and what is the purpose for which he was talking to them. the most important thing is what is the truth of the cross and if something in the even in the gospel contradicts what is the truth of the grace of God given to us then there's either something we're not understanding or the purpose it was written was not for us in the way that we interpret it so the fact of the matter is our sin is forgiven and we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus full stop it's done finished, our sin is forgiven and our sin is forgiven past, present and future, it's settled and it's done and God does not relate to us anymore on the issue of um, unforgiven sin ever even if you don't forgive somebody else, so there's, there's two issues really, one is like Phil is saying, if you don't forgive then there's a number of issues, one is people look at you and think they're a hypocrite um, you probably don't understand how much of the grace of God you personally have received and the reality is if you if you live in unforgiveness you actually are tortured, it's not because God is there torturing you or you know it's because it's really horrible to live in unforgiveness.
2: And I think that's the purpose of the passage, Yeah. the, the parable that you're referring to
1: yeah I don't think you can interpret it in any way to say maybe some sin God isn't going to forgive because I didn't forgive somebody else and a big part of some healing ministries is to try and work out who you haven't forgiven and to tell you that can take a long long time to try and work out who you haven't forgiven and it doesn't usually result in healing. so I think we just can't we have to understand it in in light of the cross. Is that helpful? Is it Does it sound fire?
0: like a cop yeah. out? Do you have more <laughs> questions, or, so, or not sure? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I just need to that, yeah,
1: think about it. <laughs> yeah. It is hard when. Jesus said it It's, it's I mean if, if you're reading something in the Old Testament you can kind of think well that doesn't apply to me but when Jesus said it that becomes really harder to work out what, why is that recorded in the Bible And and some of the time well a lot of the time Jesus was talking to people under the law, he was talking to Jews who were under the law and that's not to say that the New Testament is not the truth, and it isn't true. It's not to say that. It's just, for what purpose was this said, and for what purpose has it been recorded? Because, actually, some of what Jesus said does not apply to us. It's, he's talking to those under the law. And, and what he's saying to them, in many times, is, um, this is how it is if you want to carry on under the law. This is what it is without my this is what it is if you want to reach God in self-righteousness so he's not he's not talking to us in that in that way except it's important for us to know how we would have to live if we wanted it to be about self-righteousness so I know that's quite hard I've struggled with that quite a bit because I came from Jesus said it that's the end of that and then you think Jesus why why do you say these things but Um, I'm not massively into context of the scripture, but he was often speaking to Pharisees, to people who were self-righteous. And and he was just saying, this is what self-righteousness is. You don't forgive, you'll never be forgiven. So I think that's another thing that you have to just add into the pot of understanding.
0: What else, guys? Yes, To the hearing God's voice topic. um, If I think I have a vision um, and it's not particularly good or bad, um, I can't really know if it's from God or if it's my own. Sometimes, um, because I would love to know if it's from God or, is it of, or if it's just me, I don't know how really how I could handle this. Really, but there's not much I can do. It, is it? I think something I found really helpful with stuff is like this is, um, you know, you talks about this whole, like, is it God's will, and fixating on, is it God's will. Um, there's a great guy um, called Eric Johnson um, who teaches a bit on God's will, and, and he, he struggled with this for a long time. And um, at one point, he uh, he he was given this um, choice all at once. He was given amazing choices, and I think he was four at one time, and he didn't know what he wanted to do. And I think he was working at Bethel uh, for his father, Bill Johnson. So this is one of Bill Johnson's kids, and um, I think he was offered a great job there at Bethel. At the same time, he was offered, would you like to become a pastor at another church, like a, a really good church? And Another option was he could move to Mexico and run this orphanage that he'd always wanted to do, something like that. And then there was another option, I can't remember what it was, and he was like, all four of these are amazing. And he's like, I really need to know what it is. And so he started praying, and he's like, God, show me what I should do, what's your will, what should we do? And he was praying for months, and God just didn't answer. And he's like, I don't know what God's will is. And he's really getting like, I need to know, because um, I want to do them all. Like, I don't know what to do. And his wife's praying, and all of their friends are praying, and no one's really feeling like a certain thing. And, uh, and after a while, he's just like, God, I am so I don't know what to do. And God just said, well, what do you want to do? And he's like, I don't know. I feel like maybe this is the one I want to do the most, to go and be a pastor at this other place. God said, "Well, that's great. You should do that." Like just immediately, he said, "Go do that." And um, and in it, he learns like the, the concept of God's will is sometimes quite um, fraught with problems. Like we have this idea that God's will is that we wake up and then we brush our teeth and then we go in the shower and then we get dressed and then we have breakfast. But if I wake up and have breakfast first, somehow I've messed up the whole system, you know. Um, and he was saying, Andy has a great example. um, Andy, our pastor, and um, he uh, he says he would he, he loves to uh, wake up in the morning and just be ready for uh, his grandson to come out of the the room. And when he comes out of the room, like he said, like, what do you want to do today? And any answer his grandson gives, he's like, let's do that. He he wants to do whatever his grandson wants because it's not really about what they do; it's about doing it together. And I think when we start to understand God as a good father, as someone who loves us and delights in us and who puts desires in us, you know? And so a, a desire that is it's not destructive, it's not bad, but it's not like, you know, I want to go feed orphans. It might just be like, I really want to play football this week. God goes, that's great, let's go play football. Um, and I think there's something uh, of freedom that we suddenly realize that God's will and our will are not Diametrically opposed. Sometimes it might be like if again, if we have a really bad desire, like God's like, no, well, that's not what I want. But a lot of the time, it's not like I want to do this, and God goes, no, oh, I really wish you'd do this instead, though. I think sometimes God's like, oh, let's do that. That's great. And um, I often, you know, a lot of the time we sit at the at the at the traffic lights and we wait for the light to turn green before we go. And I think a lot of the time we have more faith that God will give us a green light to go, then God can give us a red light to stop us. And I think when we're not sure, um, I think God is quite capable of us and saying, go do what you feel led to do. If you're going to screw up, I can stop you. You know, we, 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 we sit around waiting for God to start us instead of trusting ourselves and God in us that he can stop us when we make a bad mistake. And so I don't think a lot of the time if we go, oh, I'd quite like to do this, but I'm not sure if it's God or it's me because it's not really anything. It's just I feel like I want to go to the shop right now. or <laughs> you know, It might be anything, or it might be like, I really, it depends on the scale of things, right? I mean, it could be this huge thing, it could be a small thing, but I think if it's not inherently this amazing, transformative, change the world thing or is going to ruin people's lives and destroy things. It's just something in the middle. That doesn't mean it's bad or good. It's just, it's just. it might just be really fun. And God's up for going on the journey with us. And if it goes down the wrong way, he's able to go, hey, Timon, stop. We got confused. Let's come back this way. Um, and so that, that's how I would approach these things. Is I, I like to assume I have a yes from God and he can say no when need be. Um, and he said no before, and in, in, in me doing that, he's got oh, Phil, whoa, whoa, you're like, you're getting off the point here, come back this way. Um, but I don't, I don't, I see more Christians wasting their lives, waiting to do the right thing, than I see Christians ruining their lives, doing the wrong thing, if that makes sense. Um, and so I think just getting going, the Great Commission was go into all the world. Um, So just go and do what you do in the world and trust that he'll lead us into good things rather than um, we can stray off the weak path. I trust God is better at guiding me than I am at getting lost. I think that's a, a key.
1: I would ask the question, or ask you the question, what are you afraid of? the answer to that question might, might help understand why
2: you're not sure.
1: And I think sometimes one of the things that we're afraid of is whether it's spiritual enough, whether this desire is spiritual enough. I don't know. I've I've wavered on this a lot in my life, and I remember when I was at uh, university, I did Operation Rally, which is this secular expedition, and I went to Indonesia, which had a real heart for Indonesia. And then I went to Indonesia, and I remember talking to the pastor of the church, saying, "I feel so bad. It's not mission. It's not a. Uh, it's there's nothing about God in this. I just want to go because." And um, fortunately he kind of gave me good advice and said shut up and go kind of thing and it was great yeah it wasn't it wasn't um it wasn't mission it wasn't inherently particularly anything to do with god but i'm really glad i went and i i i I think i learned an enormous amount and i just it's part of my passion to spend time with tribal people in asia and it's I, i love that and so I think sometimes our inability to make a decision is based on a fear. And and that I don't mean fear as in I'm terrified. It's a fear of the consequence. And and that is and I don't know what that fear is for for you. We all have it. Is it it's not spiritual. Something bad's going to happen if I make the wrong decision. I'm going to miss out on something good. And I, I have to remind myself constantly that don't believe God withdraws his blessing from me. I do believe he can say no. I do believe he can get my attention. Um but I just don't believe that that God has one purpose for us and every decision we make in our whole life has to fit in with that purpose. So God's purpose is that I am going to be you know whatever the archbishop of canterbury and that this decision has to get me on the right road to this, and this decision, and that decision, I I just don't think God is like that, I I don't even think you have to be the Archbishop of Canterbury, I think those decisions are, who are you, and how are you embracing life, and the the Bible tells us what, what pleases God is faith, so if your decision is based on faith, whatever that faith is, whether it's, God I believe you put this in my heart, because that's who I am faith, right? And God loves it. He he loves it. Or, but I'm going to do this because I think it's a great thing to do. I think God says, and if you look at it in the, how it is, if like Phil's saying with your own children, how would it be for you as a parent if your 25 year old son was just sitting there saying, I just don't know what to do it's going to please you. As a parent, you'd be really frustrated and upset because you just think, I've given you life. I've given you, you know. So I think, what's what's the fear? And, and we do have fears because we've been taught all sorts of things about the will of God and the purpose of God and the dangers of missing it. I still get into those fears, I think we all do sometimes, and I do think God has a purpose for our life, but I just I'd be more I've waited for a lot of green lights but I've decided now I'm going to wait for the red lights and that's, it's a much easier way of living your life (laughs) and uh, disaster has not yet befallen me I
2: think when it comes to like um, the individual visions and thoughts and things that you have writing it in your journal is a really good idea because even if you're not sure whether it's that vision was from God or whether it's yourself or whatever if you write it down over a season over a period of time you you come to realize that that there's a pattern that God is bringing you on a journey or he's he's got something that he's wanting to bring into your heart you know you know he wants to like the other day he was talking about loving you and, and there will be a season where he just that just keeps repeating over and over in different ways until he knows that you've absolutely got it and then on that subject he'll probably keep telling you forever because that's who he is but but writing it down in a journal is, is a really good idea because then you, you see like a pattern of, of God speaking to you
1: yeah. I, I,
2: I um, sorry, I was going to say, and and also, like, I don't know which one of it it was this morning that was saying, but if we've got the mind of Christ, often it's going to merge anyway. You know, our thoughts, His thoughts, and the and the more we get to know Him, the more they're going to sort of become alike anyway. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. But, you know, getting it wrong. It, it, mm. As long as you're rejecting the. The thoughts or the dreams that are negative and accusatory and, and things that are going to pull you down or send you off in a direction that's evil, like um, Rebecca was talking about this morning. You just reject those thoughts, but you don't worry about the rest because you and God are, are one. He's inside of you; you're in Him. It, it, they are going to merge, aren't they? Your thoughts and His thoughts are going to merge quite a lot, and so don't don't worry. About trying to figure out—is it me or is it God? Just enjoy it and record it, and then you've got a record, and and you can see the pattern of growth. I think one
1: of the um, one of the things that has really got into Christianity, and I think no matter how free you've been brought up in a grace environment or a good church. There's still quite a lot of confusion about the, the state of our inner person and many of us have believed and still believe that the me in me is inherently evil or inherently going to desire something that is not of God and that there's this battle in our lives of the good of God and the bad of me and that every decision is this battle between the you know, the good of God and I desire it, it's probably originating in the bad part of me that just wants the things of the flesh, which is, I just want to do it for enjoyment or selfishness or whatever. And um, you can live a life fulfilling the desire of the flesh. Um, Phil will talk about this again the week after next or when we do Romans, but... I think if you shift your thinking to what Paula Jane said, and and believe that the you inside of you is inherently good, and you're not really going to... um, If there's an idea that you have that isn't obviously ungodly or evil, then it's, it's it's all right. It's all right to be you. Uh, and I think we, we've kind of had this fear of, well, am I making this decision out of the flesh, out of something that is not originating in God? And I think, well, we're a new creation, and we are inherently now God-like, joined to him. Can we behave according to a way that isn't true to ourselves? Yes, we can but inherently I am good which is a, I would say 98% of Christians do not believe it. I don't know if it's 98% but I mean it's, it's a massive line. number of Christians do not believe that they believe inherently they are sinful and that that really makes it difficult to make decisions because you the voice of God sounds like our voice so is it our voice or his voice or is it the devil's voice and I can't trust myself because I'm inherently sinful and that's not the good news of the gospel the good news of the gospel is you're a new creation and no longer that sinful man that old man is dying. you can still sin you can still desire sin we well, can desire sin but that's That's something that you know about. I would say.
2: Has that answered your question?
0: Yeah, not really. But um,
1: (laughs) try again. Can't fill You have another (laughs) go.
0: No, no, it's a bit specific. Specific. Do you feel comfortable sharing? Uh, Maybe. thing as well is trusting, like the whole thing of God I can give you a red light uh, like as well as a green light, but it, it, it go back to the father who has a deaf son and he says, hey son, I really want you to do this, and the son's like, oh, I don't know if God said something, like he's not going to go, well I told him once, it was his fault, if he didn't hear, and go off, you know, he's going to go oh, he didn't hear, it. how else can I say it what other ways, And and so I think trusting again that God really wants you to to have security and, and trust and, and know that he's there, he's for you, he's, he's behind you, like he, he speaks to you in more than one way as well um, and so if people in your life are speaking the same thing into you, if uh, you also have a dream and it seems to back it up or you know like if there's lots of different things um, sure it still might be you but the chance of it being you is getting smaller and smaller if that makes sense and so just allowing like lots of sources and lots of streams like we went through all that list of different ways like so talk to your your cat and see if it says anything <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think um, having having lots of input is good and, and trusting that God is able to speak in lots of ways as well just go God I'm, I'm listening you know and you might be driving down the road and you pass a, a Nike advert and it says just do it and you're like oh that's what you're saying or you know I mean it's just all these little things that God can be dropping here and there that on their own you're like I'm not sure if that's me or God but once you start to add them all up you're like this looks like it really might be God and that can be really helpful as well but yeah and and genuinely I think going back to my original answer, sometimes I think God just isn't going to tell you because he wants you to just go for it or have a shot or I think sometimes God is deconstructing our God's ideas all the other ideas and he's trying to deconstruct that so that we don't Constantly have this concept that our own ideas are bad, like like Our own ideas can be great. God, sometimes it's going like with Eric Johnson. I'm not going to tell you what to do. What do you want to do? Because whatever you do, I support you. I'll be there. Uh, and so, yeah, have room for that as well. Next topic. Um, I think this question
1: is often asked. But I uh, just want to know, maybe from each of you, what do you think is the key of getting into a deeper relationship with God?
2: <laughs>
0: <Good question. laughs> I'll, I'll go for uh, I think. A lot of the times, I like the, that you used the word deeper. Uh, a lot of the times we, we talk about God and our relationship with God is like closer or further apart. And I don't like a lot of those languages, because it has like a God here, we're here, and we're trying to get closer. Or sometimes we're further apart. But the New Testament doesn't really allow for God as, as separate entities. It really is you've been made one, you're with God, you're in God, God's in you. Jesus is in you the spirit is in you in full measure so there's this like union that you can't be far apart if you go over there he's there (laughs) if he goes over here you're there Um, but there is a a deepening and a strengthening and um, a growth in God so I like to say we don't grow towards God we grow in God Um, and I think the best example I would see of that is um, in John 15 it talks about you are the branches and I am the vine if you stay in me you'll bear good fruit Uh, and uh, I think to me that's a beautiful example of you look at a tree and you see the branches you never look at a branch and go that one's really close to the trunk because they're they're all in the trunk right all the branches are in the trunk so there's none that are closer but there's ones that you can tell they've been there longer because they're the biggest ones right they go bigger and bigger and bigger and so I think the key to the deeper relationship is just be, just stay in the vine, rest in like a knowledge that I don't have to fight to get close to God, he's here. And just trusting in that and being there, I'm gonna get a deeper relationship and we're gonna get stronger and I'm gonna grow more mature, but I don't have to wrestle to try and get closer to him or to stop myself from getting further away. I just rest. It, he's really clear in the language whoever abides in me is resting whoever rests with me will bear good fruit when you rest with God and so I think actually rest is a really big key um, and I think a lot of people get so busy um, maybe trying to do the good fruit or trying to get closer to God and neither are actually asked God says he bears you bear the fruit he, he makes the fruit but you bear it so branch doesn't make fruit the branch is just there and the fruit comes out and so it's not about trying to make the fruit it's not about trying to do all the good things and it's also not about trying to be really close to God it's just going well I'm I'm close to God if I just stay here I'll get more strong and connected and deeper in that relationship and I'm going to bear lots of great fruit Um, so I think it's not don't get distracted by trying to do all the good things and don't get distracted by trying to get close to God but actually just trust that he is here that he abides in you you abide in him and rest in that and and I think it's, a, it's an awareness because that's what really what well it is any second you feel far from God you can change a millisecond just with a thought that is you're here you're, however you do that you can close your eyes I close my eyes I just put my hands on my chest and I think ah, you're here you're in me you're with me you're, you're here and in a second I can feel his presence because he didn't go anywhere I, I went somewhere else in my mind and so just consciously trying to be How do I day in, day out, just be aware of his closeness? Because in that place, I'm getting deeper and deeper and growing more and more. Um, Yeah, that'd be my answer, so. Yep, I
2: agree with that. I
1: don't
2: think I could answer
0: that that. (laughs) any further. Yes, (laughs) we all agree, (laughs) see? It does happen.
2: (laughs) just to add a little bit to that, though, I think I would um, recognize that it is absolutely okay to be you. And, and that God wants you, as you. So you don't have to try and be like Phil in order to get a deeper relationship with God. You don't have to try and be like Andy or, or anyone else. God wants relationship with you as Malik and, and no one else. Does that make sense? So So choose to believe that. Choose to believe that he's the good father that he really is and choose to believe that he accepts you for you and he wants you to go deeper, like you say, in relationship but as yourself. Um, and, and so that means that if you enjoy his company running down the canal, um, enjoy his company running down the canal, you don't have to do it kneeling at your bedside. Um, I can't run, so that wouldn't work for me, but I have other things that I do. I enjoy gardening with God and me and God. Like, have a great time in the garden um, when it's sunny. Not when it's like today, <laughs> but but find something that you enjoy doing with God and, and enjoy and be with you.
0: That makes me think of uh, Have you guys seen Chariot of Fire, the famous movie? No. Chariots Chariot of Fire. Wow, no. it's probably very but, British. Uh, yeah. It's about a famous runner, but he, he had this phrase that he says, and he says, When I run, I feel God's pleasure And so for him, when he ran, he just felt God's happiness because he loved it, but he felt that God loved that he loved it. You know, there was this thing and so, you know, like Paul James saying if you love running and when you run you feel like you can connect to God, you're there, you're close to the divine, you can feel his presence. Run. Like run lots. I don't, so I feel like I'm gonna throw up so I don't run and feel close to God. <laughs> I feel much closer to my dinner. Um, but yeah, so so like, you know, but be yourself and, and you know, like it is true, like you'll you'll see different people in the church connect in really different ways. And and we, we do that actually as part of the school, we have different things we do and we sometimes have encounter sessions where we're just gonna encounter God and just make room to just focus on who he is, where, it, like, what it looks like, just to be aware of him. But we, we do different things, just because there's maybe some ways you've never experimented with. You know, you've never thought about connecting to God by walking through a park, or connecting to God by um, drawing, or you know, doing all sorts of different things. And so, you might find some of them, and you go, "This is not me. I do not connect with God when I draw. I look like I've, you know, had a seizure with a pencil on a bit of paper." Um, but some things you go, wow, that really is like when I lie down and I just put some soaking instrumental music on, I just feel so close to God, and it's like, great, that's good do that once <laughs> and it's, just, it's figuring out what what you like I, I really connect to God a lot when I stimulate myself intellectually so I read complex books about God or about life or about the universe I, I love that, I really feel just God's hugeness and amazingness and his nearness in all of that so I love to do things like that, but of people, they think, oh God, kill me now, I don't want to do that, and so that's okay. <laughs> um, so I think that's a, a really good strategy of just figure out what, what works for you as well. Um, yeah.
1: I, I can't really add anything except, um, I'll repeat it. I, I think it's getting rid of the striving and, do you understand, striving, being driven and we can be driven in two ways. one is driven in in things of God, so we've we've tried everything. we've fasted, we've spent you know time doing this 24 hour prayer. we've prayed a lot overnight in Malaysia. Um, none of that is wrong. It's great to set aside time with God, but there is never an end to the striving to get closer to God or get deeper. I think there's nothing more honouring God than saying and Andy Britton has started saying it, maybe he's been saying it a while just saying I'm, I'm just so glad to be me because God created you as you he didn't create you as me or anybody else and I think when we come to God just, just being happy being us and not trying to be something or somebody else then I think it's really honouring to God that's not to say we don't change and mature and you know, get rid of our unhelpful behaviors. And I think there is a striving in the world system which doesn't help us sometimes. So the the it's being satisfied with your identity. And your identity is the Son of God. And when you are really satisfied with that, then it's just really great. And there's so many people who are striving to be something or do something, or prove something, or get something, or have something, or have more. So if your life is tied up in trying to get more money and a bigger car and a better house and a whatever, you're probably not going to feel as deeply engaged with God. Nothing wrong with money, nothing wrong with cars houses, nothing wrong with it. But if the purpose of your life is to strive after those things that are given to you anyway, then I think, I think that also doesn't really help you. It's not to say they're wrong, and it's not to say you don't be, try and be successful at work, but if you are looking for your identity in it, if you're driven by it, I've got to prove something by making a lot of money, I've got to show who I am by having a big house, I've got to get to the top. I think that drive of, of into the world system that's never-ending, and it never satisfies. That's fine, and it's much easier than you think. And I hope it's and and I think faith, faith adventures, if you can call it that. The more you walk with God, the more you know. You the more you prove Him to be who He says He is, and and in a way that does come with. If you you trust God and act act on something you think He's said or dare to do something or just have an adventure with Him, just say God, okay, who am I going to be today? Is it Red Susan? And then you do it, and and it was. It's it's that spending time with with somebody in that um, purpose way. You kind of stack up this trust in Him and assurance of who He is. After I wish I could be me 30 years ago now. (laughs) But then you wouldn't be you, would you?
0: No. Well I still wasn't. (laughs) You were being you 30 years ago. I was being
1: me, but (laughs) I wish I knew I knew now. (laughs)
2: Hopefully you can take some of these things on and and miss all the mistakes that we made along the way. Miss them out. (laughs) But they're mistakes, are they? They were just what we.
0: Well, yeah, it it was. Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.